Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 543. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, coming to you from Merritt, British Columbia. Uh, yes, I'm a BC Lions fan. Uh, what's going on? What's wonderful? What's happening? We've got some football coming up this week, and they're great games. we got uh, Edmonton, Hamilton, Winnipeg in Calgary, Montreal in Ottawa, and BC in Saskatchewan. Uh, things are tuning up really well. It, this is a weird year. We were just talking about this off the year off the air we're going to go over this uh, final standings projections of what's going to happen with the season we're going to do that there's actually probably going to be five maybe six teams under 500 this year can you believe that that's ridiculous i maybe maybe not i maybe i'm I'm totally out to lunch but this is just a pathetic football season and i don't mean that in a bad way they're they're entertaining games but when you got two dwarfs fighting over who's going to be the tallest midget it's kind of kind of a weird season and uh, and it, there's no quarterbacks in the CFL. Really, there isn't. Okay, Zach Caleros, yes, but injured. Okay, he's a good quarterback. Vernon Adams is okay. He's good. He's better than most. Uh, I don't have that much of a problem with him. But we're we're still waiting for the bad Vernon Adams to show up because it did in Toronto, um, and and it does periodically. And that could just I don't know send the send the game sideways. Uh, Jake Mayer in Calgary, he's not that good. He's, uh, he's okay. Trey Ford came out and played some pretty good football with Edmonton against Winnipeg the other day. Still lost, but that was Winnipeg they played against. Hamilton doesn't have a quarterback. Ottawa's got this Victor Crum. No, Victor Crum, that's from Harry Potter. Um, some guy, some Crum guy. And uh, anyhow, he's, he seems to be doing okay. Toronto's got Chad Kelly. People are talking about MOP for this guy, and he's like scores a hundred, gets 122 yards against Saskatchewan, like Saskatchewan, really. And and no, he's not an MOP candidate. The team's doing okay, but it's more about special teams and defense than it is about the offense. They're just not doing it. Uh, Montreal's got uh, Cody Fitzgerald. There's just no quarterbacks in the CFL right now. It's just it's pathetic. It's terrible. Anyhow. Uh, that's my rant on this one. I, I don't know. I've never seen a bad quarterback class like we have in the CFL in 2023. Uh, it's just, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. And uh, Saskatchewan doesn't have a quarterback. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We're just uh, running around in circles and, and seeing what we're going to do. But anyway, I opened up the mics. we got the boys on, on the set here. Uh, Rudy is not here tonight. He's in Calgary right now tr- trying to visit Will, and Will's not picking up the phone. Uh, <laughs> Will, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm curious to know if Rudy's going to the football game on Friday. Um, I actually wasn't going to come on the show tonight because I'm still not feeling that great, but then I looked at the phone and said Rudy wasn't going to be there, so I wouldn't want to leave you guys hanging. So that's why I'm here. And just well, thank from you. The first five, just the first five minutes of conversation we had between the three of us, I'm actually excited about the show tonight because we have lots to talk about, I think. We do. And, and worst comes to worst, we can we... talk about the Thule family. Yeah, well, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> who cares? Who cares? 
I get is it. That, is, I get that it. A, is that a guy who's not in the NFL anymore and he doesn't know how to budget money and now he needs more? Is that what it could no, be? No, I don't think that's Maybe. what it is. That has nothing to do with no? it. And, and okay. You know what? We okay. can't talk about this because I've, I've read about four stories on this. Most of them are very similar, and they all kind of make sense. And we'll, we, we can... We can, if we got time, we can talk about it because it is actually a very interesting story. I'm, I'm kind of spellbound by it. It's kind of neat because both sides are right. And yeah, okay. uh, we just, but, but that does. If if you took the emotion out of it, both sides are right. But now you put emotion in there and hurt feelings, and now it's getting out of control. Oh, absolutely. Right. And at the end of it, we could also throw in that uh, thing that happened in Lahaina last week, which was really Oh, fuck. That was sad. That was so well, sad. Lahaina was such a I, beautiful town. I, I don't know if you've been to Lahaina. I've been to Lahaina. And, it's beautiful. And it was. I've always said it's where hippies go to die, and it's the truth, yeah. but it is a very nice place. And a lot and of hippies died. died. But because I'm in the industry I'm in, I, most of those structures in Lahaina were wood, okay? Yeah. And yep. really dry wood. And that oh, yeah. thing probably oh. just went up, and it did go up like a tinderbox, just like. Oh, yeah. 100% There was no time. Yeah, there was no time. It's absolutely no. scary. 140K wins, what do you expect? Because because I've been to Lahaina a number of times, and, and the hippies, not only are they there to die, but they're really nice people, okay? Uh, it's so, a, it's a just be- it was a beautiful town. It was nice, friendly. It was a nice place to go and hang out and, and, and get drunk. And, and, you know, there was just, it was just really cool. And it just doesn't and exist they also anymore. Had, it's gone. They also had the World's Greatest Cheeseburger Restaurant. Which that's exactly what it was called, the World's Greatest Cheeseburger and uh, it was owned by two Canadian women from Quebec. Cool. And I've eaten there a number. I've eaten there a number of times, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Hmm. They they say so, that the, the, what was the death count at ninety six, but over a thousand people missing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. That, that that's sad. It's very sad what happened there. I mean, much. the entire island got devastated, not just Lahaina, but yeah, it it it. It was sad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's very sad. Anyways. So, how are you doing, Will? I'm okay. Um, I'm getting a lot better. I know you've had a cold for two my, weeks. No, I'm getting a lot better. My wife is is really, really sick. Oh, I'm sorry about so to hear that about Patty. She, she's, been in, she's been in bed for quite some time now. So, we actually, she has, she has a big doctor's appointment tomorrow. So. Yeah. Because nothing I, is making it better. So something really weird problem? happened to me. Okay. Um, uh, you, you, Patty and I have some similar traits and a, a whole pile of different things. Very nice lady, and I wish her all the best. Laying in bed, being sick, uh, but we're both asthmatic and uh, yes. allergic to many animals and all sorts of things and everything else. We've had a couple of talks about this the other day. I have never. I, I'm allergic to food. Okay. And uh, it just gives me a weird reaction. It's not really that bad and anything else. I had an allergic reaction to in bed. I was in bed, and my wife handed me a piece of licorice. And I ate my licorice, and within 
10 minutes, my throat started to seize up and I couldn't breathe and I was wheezing and I was hacking and I woke my wife up and I said, you have to take me to the hospital now. I'm dying. And it was, I had never experienced this before in my life, anaphylactic shock. And I, they, wow. we, we got to the hospital, they, they just looked at me and they just, they said, what's the matter? And I said, allergic reaction. They hit me with two shots of Benadryl, hit, uh, uh, adrenaline, you know, all sorts of stuff. And just, just, wow, within half an hour, it's all better and go home. Uh, actually, we were there probably for about an hour and a half because I fell asleep. But you know, this is one o'clock in the morning, and I just—I've never experienced anything like this before. So now I know what you don't peanut own, allergies are, are like. Me, are you telling me you don't own an EpiPen? No, I do not. Well, and that's, the, the, the doctor kind of asked that. me that, and he says you don't own an EpiPen, and I said no, I've never needed one. And he says, well, yeah, it's no, when you wife, need one. My wife is cheap like you too. She won't buy one either. Okay. So well, you they can't be that expensive, are they? Do you realize something, Christopher? If you were better looking, you might be my wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's not even funny. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm now just trying to get images out of my mind. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's not even yeah. funny. Okay, Charles, welcome no, to the show, not. buddy. How are you? Do you have an EpiPen? Good. No, but I'm not really allergic to anything. Oh. That I know of, anyway. But, uh, yeah, we're going to, I'm just kind of allergic to the heat wave we've had going on for the last few days. But, uh, you know, we're getting by it. we got fans and stuff like that. and just trying to stay cool here in the lower mainland. And I'm on my own for a couple of days as the wife and son are on the Vancouver Island visiting family while I'm here working and looking after two dogs. So it is what it is. Uh-oh. Can I ask you about alone. Charles? Charles is without adult can supervision. I... Charles, can I ask you a question? That's a problem. Why? You can ask me a question, mar- sure. do, you, do you have marbles in your mouth right now? No. No, Why? Because you're really, you're really, really muffled. <clears throat> Is it? It's probably headset. Let me try something. Is that any better? Not really. No. I can't hear you well, Charles. Sometimes I can't make out what your words are. What? You can I can not make out what your words are, so it's not that bad. I can't. No, no. I can I'm make out, sure. but it's not. It's not. It's not what you normally sound like. That's all. Yeah. Huh. Maybe it's the alcohol. I'm in a different room that's bigger. Maybe it's that one it is. I'm sitting up in my living room because my office is too hot. Okay. Shall we talk football? Sure. Sure. Why not? Okay. So the first game up was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers into Edmonton to play the Elks. And this game was probably one of the better games that I've seen this season. It, it, it was back and forth. It was not as good a game as, as, as uh, maybe that Ottawa-Toronto game, but this was definitely the game of the week for me. Uh, Edmonton came, started out 22 nothing. They absolutely slammed the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It looked so good on them. I was going, fuck, yeah, awesome, yay, yay, yay. 
Zach Caleros gets injured on a, 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 I want to use the word questionable tackle, but I'm not. I'm not. It was a good tackle. It wasn't late. It wasn't vicious. It wasn't illegal. It wasn't a headshot. It was none of those things. But Bomber fans believe it. it is. And they're screaming, still yelling about it. But beside the point, Zach Caleros gets injured. I believe it's a collarbone or a clavicle injury or something that he has. I don't believe it's a break. Okay? It's not a concussion. He's got an upper body shoulder injury. Okay? And he has not yet practiced since then. So when we're at Wednesday and they're, they're, they're playing again, where are they playing? They're going to play Friday night? Friday. Yeah. So he's not going to be playing. They're going to have this new guy in there. What was his name? Drew Brown? Drew Brown. It, it wasn't, what was the name of the guy in draft day? Drew something, wasn't it? What? No. No, the quarterback that the Browns Drew. had. It wasn't Brown, obviously, because the football team was named the Browns. But it was Drew something. Anyhow. No, it was Brian Drew. Brian Drew, that's right. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. That would have bothered me. Anyhow, this was a great game. Uh, Drew Brown came into it and literally lit up the Elks. Uh, four passing touchdowns. Uh, he just just went nuts. Winnipeg ended up winning this one. and It was a good game. It was exciting from the beginning to the end. Uh, different reasons. I was excited when the Elks were winning, and then I, I just – it was, it was kind of like in awe to watch Winnipeg come back from that and dominate it. Uh, and it just showed what kind of a team Winnipeg was. The real question that I have for you guys is, would the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have turned that game around if Zach Caleros had stayed in? Charles, talk about this game and answer my question somewhere in there. No. There's been a few games before this season where we've seen the Blue Bombers, excuse me, we've seen the Elks get off to really good starts and play really well, and then it seems like they get to the second half and then they just kind of fall apart. I don't know if they get jitters, get nothing so on, but they get to the second half and they, you know, they collapse. And once again, it happened again in this one. So, to answer your question, would the Elf, uh, or would the Bombers have come back and Zach Close in? Honestly, to be fair, I think they probably would have because, quite frankly, just the way we've seen uh, the, um, the Bombers play this season and the way we've seen the Elks play this season, it just, um, it just, Par for the course, and um, I know they were um, up by I think it was twenty-two points at one point. Twenty-two nothing. But I always had in the back of my mind. Twenty-two nothing. But I always had it in the back of my mind while I was watching this game. I'm like, this is the Elks against the Bombers. We very well could see this um, collapse. Turn around and come back. Wow. That's yeah. I'm like, the Bombers are not out of this game. And they weren't. And they battled back. 
and they got the win. And I just, I wasn't shocked. I really wasn't. Uh, I wanted to be shocked, but you know what? Okay. Interesting. Are you still talking, Charles? Or what happened? Because I can't hear you. They're a better team, they're a superior team, and they Charles. Your mic's turned off. Your mic's surprised. Sorry, can you hear me now? Barely. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes? Sorry. Well, they came back, and um, yeah, I'm not surprised. And if you answer your question, yes, if Claros has played, uh, I still think that the bomb has come back in that one. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Will, what's your, what's your take on this game? Talk about it. Winnipeg, Edmonton. Uh, there's a lot of points. Well, well I, I was excited for the first half because I was going to come on the show tonight and say, hey, Charles, it wasn't that bad of a pick after all. But, as of course, Edmonton fucked that up big time. I'm not going to say that uh, Winnipeg won that game. Edmonton lost that game. Second half of that game, Edmonton was taking penalties left, right, and center, which they've done all year long when they collapse. Their defensive backfield starts these stupid fucking pass interference calls, and it goes backwards from there. I just don't think these guys think they can win, and and they tend to self-destruct. Would, uh, would they have one of Zach Claris had it been in there in the second half? I'm going to say yes, for sure, because I think maybe – Maybe that was what the problem was, was that Kolaris went down and Edmonton thought this is going to be easy. And in the second half, their defense disappeared. And don't tell me Drew Brown is that good, regardless of what Rudy 2.0 says. He's not that good. Trust me. He's not that good. And I'm going to agree with you, Christopher, on three out of the four things you said about Zach Kolaris hit. I still believe it was a late hit. I don't think it was a intentional dirty hit. I don't think there is anything bad about it, but I think it was a late hit. The ball was gone, and they hit him. That's a late hit. But the ball was gone. Agreed. The ball was gone, and then the hit happened. But I don't well, believe right. that from that's the perspective hit. of what but they were a, doing. But that's a late hit. The ball is gone. He's on the ground. They hit him. Late hit. That No, it's not. Yes. That's no, what you just said. If, if, if the other person was committed into a, pro, a trajectory before the ball was gone, then it's not a late hit, even though he got hit after the ball left. It's been called a late hit so many times this year, regardless of what his trajectory is. I'm not saying it's not. So, I'm telling anyways, you what the rule matter. is. It doesn't it, it doesn't matter. It wouldn't have made a difference. He still got hurt, and it, it wasn't on purpose getting hurt. And I, no. I, I look at that hit, and I still, I still don't believe that it's a, that it's a, that it's a upper body injury. I think it's a head injury. Okay, I could see his, his. I think it's his right shoulder tweaked underneath him. 
Yeah, but his, he was he was working his neck too on the sideline. So yeah, I don't know, but they're they're never going to tell you that anyways. No, no. I mean, they should now with the 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 betting and everything else. But if they just say he's not playing, then it doesn't matter what his injury is. Hey, la- on last week's show, did you guys cover since we're on the topic of Winnipeg? Did you guys cover anything about it being the tenth anniversary of Fat Boy being the president? What? No. You know. Oh, you didn't. No. Okay. Why would we? Okay. We'll. Well, I don't know. Did that happen this week or last week? I'm having trouble putting my week together. It was so actually we about probably about three weeks ago. We're talking about Randy Ambrosi being the, the the commissioner, right? Of for for eight years. No, 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 no. We're talking about Wade Miller being the president of the Oh, Bombers ten, ten years. Year. Yeah. No, we did not do anything on Wade Miller. Okay, we need to talk about that when we get a chance tonight. Yeah, because that's 10 years that he's been president there. Yeah. <laughs> Every time yeah. I look at him, I just wonder if he's eaten a couple of small children or something. Or big children. <laughs> they weren't small children. <laughs> he's huge. He's, 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 he, that's not the word, man. <laughs> he, could be, he could eat a fucking old lineman and you wouldn't notice it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm surprised he's alive. Yeah, me too. I mean, if that's not me too. morbidly obese, I don't know what is. And he's well, running an I athletic did... organization. If that's not the, what's the definition of irony again? Well, I'm surprised he can walk. Well, and and you know what, the man is not very tall because because in 2019 it's a great cap at the Bomber's Social, I stood next to him, and I could see the top of his head, and he made me look skinny, okay? <laughs> Real skinny, okay? So it's like carrying a second person around with you. Anyways. He's five foot nine, 360 pounds. <laughs> wow. I'm five That's, foot nine. Uh, I'm five foot yeah, nine, two two twelve. He, he's got hundred and fifty pounds on me. That's another body. That's another human. When I saw him, I was when I saw him, I'm like six three and a half and two seventy at the time. Okay, so yeah, he did make me look skinny. Uh, he's so. fifty years old. He's not going to make yeah, sixty. No, not like that. Not like that. And, and and you think to yourself, for former professional athlete, too, right? Yeah. So, just saying. He's bigger That's than weird. most of the offensive linemen. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. not, not in height. Yes. Not in height. But, I mean, he was a fullback in the CFL, right? And he was yeah. a pretty starch. I bet you he probably played at 260 or 270. But there's no way he played at 360. Well, of course he didn't play at 360. <laughs> he's I'm only five foot nine. Not, he's almost as wide I'm as he is tall. I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. He is almost as wide as he is tall. Okay. So, okay. Is that what you wanted to talk about, or did you yeah, have no, 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 not at all. Not, that's not what I wanted to talk about. 
I wanted to talk about how the Bombers have lucked out when when there's a certain person on our podcast who keeps on flapping his lips about Wade Miller's 10-year reign and how he's brought this team back from nothing and yada da yada da yada da. Okay? It's hard to That's disagree all. with that. No, well, it is. Yeah. Sure it is. It's not. No, it's not. Okay, what's the one thing that happened? What is the one thing that happened that turned this team into a almost there to a to a juggernaut? What's the one thing? Consistency. No. They got a quarterback. Thank you. And they had the other quarterback for how many years? Oh yeah. Too many. And they weren't even and they weren't even thinking about quarterbacks until he got hurt. And then they lucked out by trading for Zach Kolaris, who never got a concussion after he got traded to the Bombers. Those are things you can't pull out of your ass and predict. It's pure luck. Well in my mind. Yeah. I could have because all I would have said, okay, I've got Zach Caleros, who I, you, you know that I am a huge Zach Caleros fan, and I have been since he was Correct. in Toronto, never mind Hamilton, and then Saskatchewan, and yep. then Toronto, and then Winnipeg. He was all over the fucking place. I think he's the most talented quarterback we've seen in a decade. Correct. Correct. But so if I had Zach Caleros on my team, I would spend every fucking penny building an O-line to protect him. Right. Winnipeg but in 2000, in 2019, if he had got hit in the head after the Bombers traded for him, do you think they would have won the Grey Cup? No, it would have been over. It, his career would have been over. Correct. Yep. And then would the would the Bombers still have the same coaching staff they have now, and the no. same general manager? No, I doubt it. Because no. don't forget, Unlikely. a good part of that five or seven years before they won the Great Cup, they were shitty. Because they well, had Drew Willie. I think it was in, in 2018, I mean? 2019, everybody was talking about fire Michael Shea. Uh-huh. And then they, and they, they, they actually no started one, to win with Trevor if, Harris. If they had no one in 2019, he probably would have got fired. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Okay, so let's finish this game off, okay? So this was the Winnipeg-Edmonton game. Uh, Winnipeg won this game 38-29 to with 67 points total. Wow, nobody expected that one. Will did. He came close. He picked, or sorry, Charles picked Winnipeg 57 points. You got 122 points. Will, you picked Edmonton. CJ took Winnipeg, uh, got 104 points. Rudy picked uh, Winnipeg at 108 points. Okay, the second game up was the, oh, fuck, Saskatchewan and, and Montreal. This this was, how, I don't know. I don't understand how you can pick this game. Uh, I can't pick Saskatchewan to win a single game for the rest of the year except for the one against Hamilton. So this is going to be really weird. So uh, Montreal and, and Saskatchewan went into Montreal to play the Alouettes, and they got mollywopped. And uh, it, it was just, it was 
terrible from the beginning. It just was just they got steamrolled. I, I, they were very fortunate to get 12 points. They had six points, two field goals, and then they got a touchdown. Okay, and and then they didn't even get the conversion on the touchdown, did they? No, I don't believe so. I think they failed on the. They went for a two-point conversion. I think it was and failed on it. Uh, it's just like it, it was a terrible game. Saskatchewan doesn't have a quarterback. We just had a discussion about how important a quarterback is. We all know it's important. Saskatchewan does not have one. Plain and simple. Mason Fine got injured. He wasn't even a quarterback. And then they got this Dogala that was out there, and he was god-awful terrible. And Saskatchewan just traded for Antonio Pipkin. You know you're desperate when Pipkin comes into play for you. Oh, my good Lord. It, it, it was just a sad, sad, terrible game. Montreal is not a good ta- game. Montreal is not a very good team. There is no way they should have beat Saskatchewan this badly. And it wasn't even – They. I don't think they broke sweat. I really don't. I don't think they anyone did Montreal. They started too. And they lost their starter, didn't they? Who was that? That was Cody Fajardo got hurt. Cody Fajardo. Yeah, he didn't even play. Yep. Imagine, they got hammered by a team that was playing the backup to Cody Fajardo. And the backup. Let that sink in. And the backup from last year in Ottawa, right? Yes. Yes, Caleb Evans. That's right, Caleb Evans. Who actually didn't play a bad bad football game. No, he played well. But it was only against Saskatchewan, so. But it was against Saskatchewan, so you really can't take anything away from that. And their answer to try and salvage it was the trade for Antonio Pipkin. Yeah. There you go. Yay. So... I, there's nothing more I got to say about this. Charles, talk about this game. Montreal, Saskatchewan, Cody Fajardo didn't play. Saskatchewan didn't play. Oh, yeah, So sorry. Saskatchewan was there. They have played. Not well. Honestly, if they hadn't even played, they just not showed up, they would, might not have been beaten that much worse. I mean, no. to be perfectly honest, it was embarrassing. They had nothing in this game. Montreal with Caleb Evans, their back up to Cody Pajardo, walk all over them. And uh, who is it? Dogala or whatever his name is, uh, did nothing. I remember in the preseason, going back to training camp, they're like, oh, wow, we got, we're going to have a quarterback battle. Who's going to be the second stringer? Is it going to be Dogala? Is it going to be fine? I mean, they're both so great. What the hell were they watching? Don't know. Mason Fine wasn't very good. He got hurt. Dogala was worse. And now they're uh, the Sabres, Antonio. It's just a, it's a mess. There's no quarterback depth anywhere, really, in the CFL this year. And these guys are just, um, geez, I don't even know how to explain this. But Saskatchewan sucks. Montreal, not much better, but um, they were uh, good enough in this one. And, lo- and look, at you got Sean Lemon, who just joined Montreal, and he's making plays. I think he's got two or three sacks already. 
I still don't know why BC let him go in the preseason. It just doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Montreal, much better than Saskatchewan, even with their backup, and Saskatchewan is in some big trouble right now, it looks like, if they weren't already. Oh, yeah, they're, they're terrible. It's a god-awful team. And, and the funny thing is, Belton Johnson, who I kind of respect a little bit, uh, he, put, he put the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in sixth place in the power rankings. And I went, Belton, they're, they're, they're terrible. There are not three teams worse than Saskatchewan this series season. I'm sorry, but there isn't. Just uh, not that I'm trying to rub salt in the wound here, um, but how much better, how many more sacks would Betts have right now if Lemon was on the other end of the defensive line? Oh, he could uh, he could be absolutely considerably more. You know what I mean? Or you might have two guys with the same yeah. amount of sacks. So I don't yeah. understand what I don't understand why Sean Lennon had to wait so long for a fucking job. I really don't. I I still don't understand why they released him in the first place after they signed a guy yeah, that they, they ended up cutting like three two weeks later. Right, they released it after they got that guy from the NFL who was going to be the next one, Yeah, who right? they got, got rid of because he was a, a, a big mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, but, I mean, Sean Lemon what didn't have a nice game. How are they doing right now? What? It, it, Sean Lemon had a good game. Yeah, I'd tell you how many sacks I'd tell you how many sacks he had for sure, but there's no stats out there, so Yeah, there's no stats. Shake my head. There's no stats this year. Let's let's not go there. I hadn't even thought about that yet. Okay. Anybody else want to say anything about Are they gonna have are they gonna have an asterisk of a twenty twenty three season? It's gonna be an asterisk and it's gonna say no stats. (laughs) No stats, yeah. Nothing happened in two thousand and twenty three. Yeah. Nothing happened. It was was a COVID year. That's right. Anyways, I don't have much to say about this game. Saskatchewan, Montreal, it kind of sucked overall the whole game. Montreal won, and Montreal's not a very good team. But I was pretty impressed with online. Sparky went on to a rant because I guess he bet on that game, and he thought Cody Fajardo was going to start, and I'm like, you actually put money on Cody Fajardo. You need to have your head examined. Sorry. And, and then, he, but, then he won anyhow, right? Yes, he did. Hands down. That was pretty funny. It, 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 like Cody Fajardo would have made a difference with Montreal beating Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan uh-huh. can't fight their way out of a wet paper bag right it now. Been, okay, so, it would have been cool. It would have been cool to see since he thinks Saskatchewan dissed him last year, okay? So yeah. he would have been really up for that game. That would have been cool to see, but whatever. Okay. So Montreal beat the Rough Riders, and the final score was 41-12. to 12. Total, That's right, 41-12. to 12. Total points was 53 uh, Charles, you took Montreal. You got 120. Will, you took Saskatchewan. 
Uh, CJ took Montreal, got 132. Uh, Rudy, you picked Montreal at 106 points you got out of that thing. Okay, well, that was cool. Now the next game was the Calgary Stampeders and the BC Lions. Will did not take this game very very gracefully. He was pretty mad about it. And uh, it, it they literally did not show up to play football. And I don't don't understand why because I I keep saying Calgary's a good strong team that's moving forward and they're going to do really well for the rest of the season. And then they like laid an egg in BC on this one. It was just terrible. And I still have to pick them to win eight of the next nine games or something like this. So I don't know. Actually, five games I think they're going to win. But it was – BC just came out and dominated it and all aspects of it. Oh. I don't know. Vernon Adams came out. He played a great game of football, in my opinion. And uh, it just it – just, Calgary just didn't look like they were ever there. Now that's my perspective. Will you? What was you? What you saw? It, you watched it? You? You know, you know when I, I, you know when I get really upset. Yeah. You get when, very insulting. When a, te- when a team does not make an effort. And they did. There was no. There was. There was no effort there whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing. And I'm sorry, guys. I'm pretty much convinced now, and I don't care what you guys said and what you said a year ago, Jake Mayer is not the guy. Jake Mayer is not a very good quarterback. I'm not going to argue and, with you, but he's and, better than most of the other ones in the CFL right well, now. Well, no, no, but... If he if he quit today and became the head coach of Calgary, I think he'd be better than Dave Dickinson because all Dave Dickinson does these days is throw screens five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like, what the fuck do you think you're going to get out of that, buddy? It might have worked on Toronto, but it's not going to work the next week. The, the play calling in Calgary has been pathetic this year. Yes. Let, let's, I'm sorry. Let's face it. The entire fucking team has been pathetic. And that's that's the second game. Okay, it happened. So explain something to me. You go to Montreal and you don't even want to be there and you lose to them. Then you beat the only undefeated team in the CFL pretty easily. Yeah. And then the, then the next week you play another top-tier team and you're not up for it, you're not excited about it, you're not anything about it. What they the just fuck the is bed. going on in Calgary? Absolutely. There is you no know, effort I was, whatsoever. I was sitting there talking the other day about something with somebody, and it was like they were saying, well, Chris Jones has got to get fired in Edmonton. And I said, Dave Dickinson, Craig Dickinson, Orlando Steinauer, uh, you know, there, there's coaches out there that should get fired, but I don't think Chris Jones is going to get fired. And, and I, I really don't think he's going to get fired. But there are coaches yeah. out there that need to go away. Well, I Bob Dice was another one. Bob Dice made some bonehead fucking calls. Decided this week that you know who likes the the salary cap the best as far as management goes? 
coaches because they never get fired. Okay? No. They never get fired, and they should. You can't fire them. Correct. Not anymore. It's like, holy crap. I would never, I, if I was a CFL general manager, I would never sign another coach to more than a one-year contract. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, and it's going to go mess. that way. I mean, look at the mess in Edmonton, and I still do, I still have picked Edmonton winning more games this year than most people, but they can't fire Chris Jones. No. He's still got two years left on his contract. Yeah. But he's also making like $800,000 a year because he's uh-huh. GM, head coach, and defensive coordinator. Uh-huh. Director of football operations. Yeah. He's got so many hats so. on. I'm surprised they didn't promote him to president when they fired Victor Q. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, there's something going on in Calgary, and, and I don't know. I, I I hope Dave Dickinson fires himself and just makes himself general manager, and they bring in some fresh blood next year or something. I don't know. I don't know, because it's not going to happen this year. So we got a we got a really big game coming up for Calgary this week. Winnipeg is in Calgary. And, and, and guess gonna... what? And guess what, Christopher? For the last two days, I've been trying to give my fucking tickets away. <laughs> You're not going to go. It's supposed to be a torrential downpour that night, the whole night. And yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not sitting in wet to watch Calgary look like a bunch of boobs. That's what Sparky so. said. He said, you know, he, he he's picking Winnipeg, but doesn't think doesn't or Rudy's no, picking Winnipeg, Rudy but he doesn't said. know about the weather. That's what Rudy said. Yeah. So. Okay. So whatever. Charles, what do you got to take? You, you got something to say about this BC game? It was a nice game. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I had fun. <laughs> Oh, I did too. I loved it right from the beginning to end, but I had to sit there wondering. I'm like, why did the Calgary Stampeders bother coming from Calgary if they weren't going to put in any effort? Yeah. These guys looked like they were in a pre they were these guys looked like they were in a pregame walkthrough. I mean, there was no urgency. They were never in this game. This game was basically over by the end of the first quarter when the uh, when the Lions yeah. were up 17 nothing. I mean, the Lions' offense got the ball in their very first possession and went down the field, like, with ease. Like, they, they were very, almost not challenged. And then they did it again a couple of drives later. This, this, uh, was, this defense was lousy. The offense was lousy. I'm starting to agree with you with Will. Jake Mayer is not a good starting quarterback. But I do see what CJ is saying because, I mean, he's better than a lot of the other junk that's out there right now. But yeah, this was uh, this was a uh, this was a phoned in game for the uh, Calgary Stampeders. I mean, are they trying to compete with Edmonton for the worst team in this province of Alberta? Man, oh man! After all those years of dominant football from the Alberta teams, to see this is just it's stunning. They're a combined three and fifteen. 
And by the way, all three wins of those are for Calgary. But I digress. I mean, it's just it's an embarrassment. It's bad for the CFL too to have um, to have both Alberta teams being so awful this year because it never happens like this. So I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. They're not going to fire Dave Dickinson because, well, um, first of all, he's a GM. He's not going to fire himself. And second of all, management cap. They're kind of handcuffed. And Jake Mayer is looking like garbage, but they who else are they going to put in? I don't even know who their backup is. And I can't imagine he's any better if they've been sticking with Mayer all along. So I don't know where they go from here. Vernon Adams had a great bounce-back game, his first uh, start after being injured for two weeks. Uh, four touchdown passes. Keon Hatcher was kind of all-world all world in this one with 176 yards, uh, a career high for him. And, yeah, just a dominant performance by the BC Lions, maybe their most dominant performance of the year. It's right up there with the game in Winnipeg earlier this season. So, uh, these two teams are going in very distinct, uh, different directions uh, very quickly. But what I was disappointed with this game is that you're right. The BC Lions had, were dominant right after the, the, the first quarter. They were up 17 nothing. Then at the half, they were up 27-6. to And then they just literally didn't do anything. The second half, I mean, the third quarter, they didn't get any points. The fourth quarter, they, got, they picked up another 10. But, I mean, like, why, why didn't they just keep their foot to the throat to this, this game and, and just pommel them? Yeah. And they're not doing that this they year, didn't. and that's really bothering me. Yeah. That they're, they don't have that killer well, instinct to go for the jugular. 37-8, to a 29-point victory is a pretty dominant victory in Let's face it, why go full-on out when you know your opponent's not coming back and risk injury and risk this and risk that? Well, I, I understand that. I don't know. That, I didn't have a problem with they, that. They, I mean, I mean they, got, they got Vernon Adams hurt at the end of the game for having him in still, and, and they probably should yeah. have taken him out and, and, and given some time to everybody else. Dominic Davis. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Dane Evans wasn't even dressed, right? But oh, and, no, and I would not. have I would have accepted that. But you know, they they kept him in till almost the end of the fourth quarter, and mm-hmm. they they didn't accomplish anything except getting him hurt. Your dog keeps barking. I opened up Will's mic. Sorry, that's my dog. He, she he, he that's my dog. She barks at everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So the final score was thirty-seven to nine. Wait, 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 wait. What? I want. I want to talk about one more thing. Okay. So they eventually pulled Jake Mayer, and they put and they put their third-string quarterback in. All right. I've got a buddy of mine who goes to all the Stan Peter practices as long as he's allowed to, and he tells me the third-string guy. All he does is run the opposing team's offense. He might get he might get five or six snaps with the starting offense, okay? Mm-hmm. And they still put this guy in. 
Why wouldn't they put their second string quarterback in? There's something weird going on in Calgary, man. I'm telling you. Probably to avoid probably to avoid injury in a game that was all but over. Yeah, but you sacrifice this guy, leave Jake there, and he's not going to fucking do anything anyways. Like, it just makes no sense to me. Anyways. This, this game didn't make a lot of sense rough. to me. Okay. Anyhow, final no. score was BC 37, Calgary 9. That's three, t- uh, three field goals. Uh, Charles, you took BC at 44. Uh, you got 138 points. Will, you took Calgary. Uh, that's your third strike this this week. CJ took BC, got 138 points. Same as but Charles. We were opposite, two points opposite of the win. And Rudy took Calgary. So there you go. Okay, so the uh, final game of the week was the Ottawa Red Blacks into Toronto to play the Argonauts. Now, I went off the board with Will on this one and took Ottawa. I, I actually changed. I, I had picked Toronto and changed it to, to be Ottawa. And uh, my bad. But uh, I really thought Ottawa was going to crumb. Was, has been playing some pretty good football. I was kind of hoping that the Red Blocks were going to go out there and beat the Argos and maybe shut up some Argo fans. But uh, that didn't happen. Uh, it, just Toronto played a, a really good game of football. It went back and forth. What did we have, like, eight lead changes in this game? It was just, like, unreal. Five of them in the first half. And it just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it was an exciting game of football right to the very end. And uh, uh, Toronto did just kind of pull away at the end. They, they, did, they just showed their dominance. And Ottawa just couldn't match it swing for swing. It was like two heavyweights battling it out. And I'm talking to heavyweights when we're talking about the Ottawa Red Blacks. just kind of makes me cringe. But Ottawa hasn't been that good of a team this year. They started the season, what, 0-3, 0-4. Everybody thought they were the bottom of the league. They were at the bottom of the power ranking several weeks. And, and now they're toe-to-toe fighting with Toronto, who everybody is saying is at the top of the league. And Chad Kelly is an MOP candidate and yada, yada, yada. And this Ottawa team just went blow for blow with them. And something's wrong. Either Toronto's not that good or Ottawa is is much better than their record shows or the whole world's just fucking gone crazy because I don't know what it is. This this season is one of the most messed up, hard to predict, ridiculous things. And I don't know. I don't know what to say about this game. Toronto's just played a good game of football. But so did Ottawa. And you're talking about two people with the polar spectrums. It's like the Edmonton-Winnipeg game. You know, nobody expected Edmonton to win, and yet they were dominating Winnipeg at one time. Same thing with this. Ottawa was leading this game like four times, five times, six times. I don't know. It was just weird. William, Toronto-Ottawa. Well, I wish I could say I watched the game, but I haven't had a chance to yet. Sorry. Really? It was one of the best game. best games of football, yeah. It was very good. But I was so, you know what? Uh, once again, and you, you pegged it the right way, I was so disgusted after Saturday night, I didn't want to watch football for the rest of the weekend. So. I, I, I understand that. I do. You were very, very, very shitty on the 
you sending me some chitty text. My, my, my grandson was over, so we don't usually get to hang out. He's nine now, and and so yeah. we uh, we did other things. And yeah, I was in a foul ass mood that night, and you can you know why, okay? Because I did yeah. like I told you. I hate people who don't put an effort in, especially when they get paid for it. Oh, I agree. That's why I don't watch hockey. They get paid way too much and they don't put enough effort in. Okay. Charles, Toronto, Ottawa. It was an exciting game. I'm sorry, but if Ottawa had any sort of um, secondary, they would have won this game. It just yeah. seemed like every single time Chad Kelly threw a pass, the receiver was open. And it happened over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And Ottawa, had, I'm with them offensively. They put up a lot of points. They made some big plays, but they could not stop them. And I don't think Toronto was doing anything really extraordinary or out of the ordinary or anything. They were just getting open and they were outworking the Ottawa defense. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really um, it's sad to see because they very easily could have won that game. They just didn't get the stops when they needed to. And that was their problem the week before when they lost on a last-second field goal when their secondary couldn't stop the defense there. And they really should have won the last two games, but their defense just let them down at the wrong time. And uh, Toronto, not exactly a dominating win. They're getting all these wins. They're piling up wins, but they're not blowing teams out. They're winning games, but they're almost losing. It's really weird for a team like that. Usually when you get a team that plays a lot of close games, uh, they win some and they lose some. They've been coming out of the right end of the scores for most of this season. you got to sit there and wonder, is the, is the uh, pendulum going to swing the other way and are they going to start losing some of these tight games? Because most of their games are close ones, very few blowouts, and you got to think the law of averages tells you you got to think that some of these games are going to start going the other way. There's just nobody out there to compete against. That's the problem. Like, like at the beginning of the They're show, I said the that there's probably going to be five or six teams this year under 500 football. We could have record-setting wins from three teams this year. Yeah. Somebody's got to lose every time somebody wins. And when three teams are winning nonstop, somebody's losing. It's like everybody else is losing. By the way, where are all those people who a few weeks ago were saying, oh, we might have an Eastern crossover. We might have an Eastern crossover. They're not saying that anymore. Well, I don't, know if I, yeah, I, I don't know if I believe that or not. I still think those idiots believe that. I, I still, they do. Well, maybe they, they still do. They're just not saying it anymore. They're not speaking up because there's not going to well, be an Eastern crossover this year, folks. It, it's not like Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and Calgary are, are, are preventing it. No, the East are preventing them because they're not, they're not any good. 
No, but you, you understand what I'm saying. It, like Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and Calgary are not racking up wins to stop the Eastern crossover. They literally are not. No, they're not. But, but the, the East isn't the doing anything to advantage of it. Exactly. So this was a Toronto victory. Toronto victory, 44 to 31, 75 points. Nobody anticipated that many points. Charles, you took Toronto. Rudy took Toronto. You got 100 points each. Okay, so let's go and take a look at the um, final score here. Or the, what are we talking about here? Uh, da, 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 da. So the week 10, CJ ended up with 374 points. Charles was a big guy at 480. Rudy came in at 354, so I still big Rudy. And Will, you got 50 points. Common. So CJ's total is 3,040. Charles has regained second place with 29.02. So you're 138 points back from me. Easy to gain. Easy to gain. Rudy is close behind him at 28.76. And Will's dropping off again at 22.38. Okay. So those are our standings. Now we got the the games to pick for this week and then we can go off and we can have some fun. We're having fun now anyhow, but let's do this. Uh, we got the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, sorry, Edmonton Elks. My bad. Let's talk about that for a second. Did you see that the big petition from the uh, national association of indigenous people in, in America that are petitioning the Washington Football Club or the Washington Commanders or whatever the call they are to change their name back to the Redskins. Natives, the Indians, yep. the whatever you want to call them, they're on, a, 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 they're on the warpath to get the name turned back to the Washington Redskins. Do you think this is ever going to happen? Do you think that we've gone past the, the element of woke that we're going to just wake up one day and say this is absolutely fucking stupid? And uh, let's leave things alone. And if that happens in Washington, if they actually get the name back, the Redskins name back, do you think that that will flow over and the Eskimos will come home? Nothing surprises me anymore. Uh, If any of these guys switch back, I'm done. I'm moving to a different planet, okay? Because the dopes that you call wokes are actual dopes. And once again, I'm sorry, you're only offended by things if you let them offend you. It's fucking Mm -hmm. dumb. It's just so dumb. Well, see... The, the way I, I you know, I, I call – we're in a, um, an interior, a ranching community. We're, we're, we're in the country, right? Uh, we live on a ranch. There's ranches all around us where the community is this. There's a very big native population around here. And when I first came up there, I, I met a, this one guy, Reuben, and he was a really cool guy. We got along. We were talking about firewood and working this, that, and everything else. And I said, I'm sorry, I really, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm from the city. I really don't know what, what 
what I to call you, you know, a native indigenous Aboriginal Indian, what are you? And he says, I don't give a shit what you call me. I don't give a shit. And and you know, and I say, well, the Indians are doing this, and everybody says you can't say that anymore. And I went, why not? And I said, if they didn't like being called Indians, then they would change their name because. The band that's right here is called the Lower Nicola Indian Band. They didn't like to be called Indians. They would change their name. It's a corporation. Go and change the name. It's easy to change the name. It costs $15. So if, if, if they didn't want to be called Indians, they wouldn't call themselves that. So, you know, I, I, I just I don't understand this whole thing about it and, and this whole why is this a problem? Why doesn't nobody cares what they get called? Doesn't matter. You can call me what you want. I, you know, I, I don't give a shit. I'm I'm part French. I'm part English. I'm a French Canadian with you know, English backgrounds. It's uh, I don't care. I, I call my I'm mother a frog. I'm not including Charles in this, but I'm I'm going to include. I I don't know if we've just. Overlived our time. How does that sound? We and, all lived our time. Yeah, it's possible. Yes, because so so Tuesday night, my my grandson is here, and I say, Gabriel, what do you want to do? He said, Well, can we watch a movie, Grandpa? And I said, Okay, we can watch a movie. What kind of movie would you like to watch? And I know he likes Transformer movies, and he's seen them all, except for the very first one. So I say, you want to watch the first Transformer movie? And he says, sure. And I turn it on, and we're halfway through it, and my daughter-in-law calls and asks me what we're doing. And I tell her, we're watching the first Transformer movie. And she says, well, what's that movie rated? And I'm like, I don't know. And so I look, it was rated PG-13. And she says, well, he can't watch that movie. I'm like, why? okay. Why not? I said, he's watched all the other movies, hasn't he? She said, oh, yeah, he's watched all the other Transformer movies. And I said, is it, is it, is it the violence? And she says, no, no, it's not the violence. She says there's, quote, quote, sexual innuendo. And I'm like, Transformers? Yes. And I'm like, what the fuck is sexual innuendo? Okay? And, and I don't know if you know the movie, but Megan Fox is in that movie. Yeah, I do. And Megan, and Megan Fox is really, really... Quite a Beautiful. Hobby. And, yeah. and I look across the room at my grandson who's watching this movie, and Megan Fox is on the screen, and he's sitting there playing with Ralph the dog, his Ralph the dog stuffy, and he is oblivious to sexual innuendo. Oh, I know. And so, and so I said to her, "Okay, well, I want I'll turn the movie off." So. I turned the movie off. I hung up. My grandson was not happy with me. And I looked at him and I said, okay, Gabriel, I tell you what, buddy, I'm going to turn the movie back on. Whenever I say, close your eyes, 
close your eyes, okay? And he says, okay, Grandpa. <laughs> so I turned the movie back on. I didn't say close your eyes once, and he loved the movie, okay? And he's still playing with his fucking Ralph the Dog stuffy, okay? So what a bunch of crap. I'm sorry. It's all crap, man. Anyways, that's just my two cents. It's all part don't, and parcel. Don't disagree with you. Can we pick? Can okay. we pick some football now? Yes, we can. Okay. Week eleven, the first game is the Edmonton Elks into Hamilton to play the Tie Cats. Charles, how are you going to pick this one? Oh, sorry, I was still thinking about Megan Fox. Um, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do something. I, I'm going to do something. I don't think I'm. Uh, I've done at all this season. I'm actually going to pick the Edmonton Elks to win this one. They're bad. They're really bad. I think at this point the Ticats might almost be worse. I they think are. Trey Ford uh, has given them some. A little bit of sense of um, hope, optimism. I mean, he played relatively well last week. I mean, they didn't finish, but let's face it, it was his first start of the year. I think he's going to get better, and I still think Trey uh, Ford is better than whatever the hell Hamilton has at quarterback right now. So, yeah, I'm going to actually pick the Elks to win this one, shockingly, and I'm going to pick them to win it uh, 44 points. Okay, that's a lot of points. Well, they're both bad defensively, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, I actually picked Edmonton to win the first three weeks of the season, and then I gave up. (laughs) Well, with good reason. Yeah, I just just gave up on them. Well... (laughs) I fuck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Edmonton a lot too. They haven't done anything for me. But Hamilton no. doesn't have a quarter. Hamilton doesn't. Does Hamilton have a quarterback? No, no. Yeah, I don't even remember what the quarterback's name is. Blitz is injured. They have. I was going to say they must have somebody better Blitz than Pipkin. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who they got. They must have someone better than Pipkin because they traded Pipkin, did they not? Yes, they did. Yeah. For so, a global punter. Yeah. <laughs> right. They must really um, have needed a punter. <laughs> oh, my sweet baby Jesus. Um, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say Edmonton. Why am I well, saying Edmonton? Oh, fuck it. Edmonton. Edmonton 35. Edmonton 35. Okay. Uh, Rudy, by the way, picked Hamilton at 43 points. And uh, I'm taking Edmonton. I have faith in the Elks. I have faith in, in, in a lot of things. I still think Chris Jones is a good coach. I am totally, and we're going to talk about Victor in a bit, but I don't understand that move at all. 
Uh, anyhow, I'm taking the Edmonton Elks, and I'm going to go with 38 points. I don't know what else to say. Okay, this next game. In my opinion, it would be hard to pick if we knew which Stampeder team was going to show up. But, I, I no, it's not going to happen. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are traveling to Calgary to play the Stampeders at McMahon Stadium in a torrential downpour. Hurricane force winds Maui style. Um, yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. It could This weather could absolutely destroy the Bombers. They can't play in it. I don't know. Uh, can Calgary? I don't know. Uh, weather delay? Okay, great. As long as we don't get lightning, we'll be fine. Uh, Rudy has taken the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at 38 points. Charles, what are you going to do? Oh, you know what? This would have been a game that I would have thought might be a game where the Bombers could be in a little bit of trouble. Not after what I saw last week. Sorry. Um, uh, they got to earn my trust before I pick them again. And after the the absolute no-show they pulled off against the Lions last week, I can't in any good conscience pick Calgary in this game because, quite frankly, they were – embarrassingly bad last week and I playing against Winnipeg I let but to be fair Winnipeg struggled with uh, with Edmonton at least for two and a half to three quarters last week but I just still can't pick Calgary after what I saw them how they saw them play last week I just it's weird because they beat Toronto the week before so you don't know what team's going to show up but I'm going to bank on them not being able to pull out a win over Winnipeg so I'm going to pick Winnipeg, um, 41 points. Winnipeg, 41. Okay. Uh, what are you going to do, Will? Well, guys, I'm, I'm about to lay the gauntlet out right now. Understand when this happens, this will be the biggest comeback in Let's Talk CFL history. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Calgary 48. Hmm. Hmm. I said, hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm going to pick Winnipeg, and I'm going to pick Winnipeg at, I was going to say, I, I wanted 48. I wanted 38. I can't have either of those because Will and Rudy have them. So I'm going to have to go somewhere in the middle at 44. That would make the most amount of sense to me. Is that the middle? No. Roughly, yeah. Uh, no. Actually, 43 would be the middle. 43 would be the middle. I'm going with 44. I don't like 43. And I'm taking Winnipeg. Okay. So the next game. Uh, Montreal, with or without Cody Fajardo, we don't know yet, is playing... Hamilton with Crum. I still don't know the guy's first name. Dustin. Dustin, that's right. Dustin Crum. Uh, Rudy took Ottawa. It's Ottawa, by the way. You said Hamilton. Did I? My my mistake is Ottawa. It's Ottawa. It's Dustin Crum as the quarterback in Ottawa facing uh, Cody Fajardo's backup. 
maybe. We don't know who's who's the quarterback for Montreal. Uh, we don't know who the quarterback is for um, Edmonton either. They never announced that it's going to be Trey Ford yet. Or at least I haven't be. heard that. It, 100% it should be. That doesn't mean that Chris Jones is going to do it. Uh, so Montreal and Ottawa are playing in Ottawa. Rudy's picked Ottawa at 47. Charles, what are you going to do? Oh, you know what? I'm also picking Ottawa. Eventually, they're going to get this right, and I think it could be this week. Um, I want Ottawa to do well, to be perfectly honest, and so I'm picking Ottawa 45. Okay. Should we actually look at the over-under to see if we're anywhere near this? The over-under is on the Hamilton-Edmonton game. Everybody picked Hamilton. By five and a half points, the over/under is 45. We're all under. We're all under on that one. Uh, Winnipeg, uh, Calgary is Winnipeg by seven. The over/under is 47. Uh, Will's the only one over on that. Uh, Montreal is two and a half, so it's a close game, and the over/under is 47. Charles, you went under. Rudy went bang on. So, Will, what are you going to do here? Uh, I'm going to say Montreal 42. Montreal 42. I almost want to agree with you. I agreed with you last week and picked uh, Ottawa over Toronto. And I'm... Not going to agree with you this time. I'm going with Ottawa, and I'm going to go at 48. Go high on it. Going to bet over. The last game is the BC Lions into Regina to play the Rough Riders, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This should be an absolute easy win. Those are the games that always bother me. Saskatchewan does not have a quarterback. He would or should. Yeah, should. Saskatchewan Rough Riders do not have a quarterback. They just traded for Antonio Pipkin, who isn't going to be their starter. So I think it's Dogala is the starter. Just scares me. Um, BC Lions got a... Vernon Adams came back from injury. This was his first game. He lit it up. He did a very, it was a very entertaining game of football and he got injured at the end of it. I don't know how bad I haven't heard a thing about him. Is he still taking first team snaps? He's fine. Okay. Yeah. They even said, Uh, they even said that he actually could have gone back in that, in that game, but um, they decided not to because why they didn't need him back in that game. There was no point. No. Okay, Dane Evans is not dressing. He's got a broken rib. So, okay. Rudy's taking the BC Lions with 50 points. Charles, I'll just write down BC here. BC. Okay. You may as well. But you've got to say it. Otherwise, um, Sparky yeah. will write it down. Sp- Sparky. In case you're wondering, I'm taking BC. 
Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I know what you mean about this, though, about this game scaring you. In particular, because the Lions don't do well in Saskatchewan. They just have never played well there. They've always struggled in games in Saskatchewan. Having said that, they're a better team, and if they go out and play their game, they will win this game. So, yeah, I am going to take uh, BC at 45 points. Okay. Well, what are you going to do here? Well, the only way I'm going to catch up is by picking opposite of you guys. But this is one game I can't pick opposite. Because um, who's Saskatchewan's quarterback? I don't uh, Jake Dogala. No, no, who's Saskatchewan's quarterback? Oh, they're... Their regular full-time quarterback is Trevor Harris, but he's no, out. No, no, who's Saskatchewan's quarterback? They don't have one. No. Okay, so so what are they going to do on when, – when is this game, Sunday? Sunday. No. What are they going to do? No, this is Saturday, isn't it? Oh, no, Sunday. Know. What are they going to do? Sunday afternoon. What are they going to do? Are they going to put Jake DeGala in there? Like, that guy was fucking pathetic. I, I call him a taller version of Taylor Cornelius, except Taylor Cornelius can run with the ball if he has to. This guy is like as stiff as a board. He's horrible. Anyways, uh, let's go uh, BC 65. <laughs> Big number. It was funny, Charles, because I was just sitting here going, well, I'm going to pick BC. Rudy went 50. I'm going to go 60. So I am going BC Lions with 60 points. The problem with that is that they're all going to be BC points. Because Saskatchewan, with BC's defense, Saskatchewan may not score a point. It might be another shutout. Would this be a record-breaking game for the BC Lions to have the third shutout in, a, in one season? Could that actually happen? Could that actually happen? Possible. It's just possible. It's it's far more possible than Saskatchewan winning. And that could happen. That's why we watch the games. That's why we play the games. Okay, so I'm taking the BC Lions at 60 points, Sparky. Yes, I'm off. I've, 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 I've lost my mind. Okay. We got week 11 on that. I'm putting that one in the drawer. Okay, now let's go over to uh, Charles's agenda here. What are we going to do here? We've got Edmonton Elks and Victor Caillou have mutually agreed to part ways, the team announced on Tuesday. <sighs> That's absolutely the most stupid statement there is, have mutually agreed to part ways. He got called into the office. He says, we're going to fire you. And he says, do I get paid? Yes. Okay, goodbye. So they mutually agreed to part ways. How can this guy be the problem? He's not. He's, he's got but nothing they're, to they're do with football rid of them operations. They make it look like they're doing something. They did this with the offensive coordinator. It's the same thing. They're trying to make people think they're doing stuff. BC, who's the BC Lions president? 
I don't even rem- honestly I don't remember his name. I don't know. I don't know. What does he do? I don't know. Does it matter? No. No, not okay. really. So the the difference is that BC Lions have an owner that is actually in the media with uh, Amar Dolman, okay? Victor was the that guy, that face in the media for the Edmonton team. He was the one that was out doing the raw, raw, raw thing. He's the one that started promoting the hell of the team. He was the one that was bringing in musical acts to start before the game and after the game, during the game and stuff like this, to bring in more fans. And it was working, except the team didn't win. And then it, didn't, then it stopped working. And, 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 and the attendance has, has slid down the toilet. Now, I could be wrong about this, but wasn't Chris Jones hired before Victor was? So you've got... Honestly, I don't remember. You've got the director of player, player operations. You've got the general manager. You've got the head coach. And then you've got the defensive coordinator. Is one person, Chris Jones. And you hire a president who cannot do anything about it. And it's his fault they're losing. I don't get it. This, this firing made as much sense to me as Jeffrey Orridge. Okay? Just why? And everybody's going, well, why don't you hire a president that knows football, that is, you know, part of the CFL community? I'm going, why? I, I, I would, that's a position I want to have a businessman doing. I right. want somebody who can actually run a, a, a company. I, very, very few football people know how to run a fucking company. Look at this. this, this Randy Ambrosi, ex-football guy, supposed to know how to run a company. Couldn't run a company to save his fucking life. I don't know. I'm I'm completely confused by this firing. Why did they fire need to fire Victor? Is it's not an illusion. But so many people are all rah rah rah. Yes, it, it it had to happen. It had to go he had to go away. Can we hire somebody that knows anything something about football? I'm confused. Totally confused on this one. Charles, you got a little bit of say on this one. Go at it. I mean, uh he was uh, a guy that was out there. He was always optimistic. He was out there trying to drum up support. He was out there trying to be the face of the franchise. And his job obviously couldn't have been easy because they have such a crappy team and this ridiculous long losing streak, both overall and at home. And he was the guy out there in front of the media and out, out there in front of the fans trying to put a spin on it as best he could. And his reward is he gets fired. Uh, I don't know. It's just again to me, this is a game much like what they when they made the change at offensive coordinator. They can't fire Chris Jones because of his stupid management cap. I don't believe the team president has anything to do with the management cap. So let's get rid of this guy so it makes it look like we're trying to make improvements. Uh, this this is like rearranging the the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. Uh, It makes no sense. It's just a a move to try and uh, appease people. I think that's all this is. I mean, is this going to make a damn bit of difference on the field? No. Is this going to make a damn bit of difference uh, in ticket sales? No. 
So I don't know what the big deal is, why they had to go with this. It makes no sense to me. Well, it's not going to win games. No, it's going to make no difference whatsoever in that respect. It, it, I don't get it. I totally don't get it. And by the way, some Dwayne Venu is the president of the BC Lions. Right, something like that, yeah. I have no idea who this guy is. And I don't think he knows anything about football just by looking at him. Hmm. He was the president of the Edmonton Rush lacrosse team. Wow. He was also the vice president of marketing and game operations with the Elks. Hmm. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyhow, Victor's gone from Edmonton. Uh, I don't get it. I, I mm-hmm. really don't get it. Um, business businessman will. Does this make sense to you? This reminds me of NHL hockey teams who say they're going to shake up their roster yeah. and they send the fourth line center to the minors and bring up another guy from the minors, and that's the big shakeup. That's this doesn't have an impact on that football team whatsoever. Not going to help them win or lose. And the only way we remember presidents of football teams is if they are really fat. Okay? <laughs> Which we demonstrated tonight. Okay? That's the only reason we're talking about Wade Miller. He's fat. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Fat. But he is a football guy who's who's – according to Rudy, redone this whole fucking team in Winnipeg to make them great as they are. So, but yeah, no, it's just a, I think I, they got to do something. They're all in fucking eight. They haven't won since 2019 in their home stadium. They got to do something. Oh, and nine. Not that, not that it, not that I didn't, I wonder what the the number was there a Russian season ticket holders when they found out that they fired the president this week? I don't think I don't so. think so. No. What a waste of time. They should just uh bring the Eskimos back and see what that see what that does, man. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 a weird one. So uh, that's that's Victor Caillou. He's gone, and I never well, I, I, I never knew how to pronounce his re- last name. I get Caillou or Kai or Quee or does it matter? He's gone. And I just I call him Victor. It's just Victor, and I, I honestly don't think I see anybody picking him up. Do you remember the prom- media promotions? Yeah, him and uh, and and what's his name from Montreal? The, the old owner. Gary Stern? Yeah, G- Gary Stern. They were arm wrestling on, on, on pictures. Of the, this, was, this was good publicity. How, yeah. could we not, how could we not like that? And now he's gone. And I really don't see any, any other team picking this guy up. Although I wouldn't mind him in BC. He, he's, he's a good personality. Okay. So we've already talked about the Ticats acquiring global punter Kerry Vedek 
from Saskatchewan in exchange for American quarterback Antonio Pipkin. Who cares? Okay. Anyhow. Zach Caleros is uh, not dressed for practice with the Blue Bombers following injury. Was it a late hit? Well, Char- Will and I discussed that. I don't think it was a late hit. Uh, the hit was after the ball was gone. But he was in the motions of making a play. Zach Caleros was still trying to make a play. He made a stupid play, but he was still trying to make a play. If he just protected the football, this would have been a penalty. Uh, it just it, it was just wrong. It was stupid. Um, uh, he he threw the ball he to an interception, and then he got pummeled. Will thinks the late the hit was late. I don't believe it was. Charles, what's your take on this hit against Zach Caleros? Uh, it was borderline. I don't want to really say one way or the other because uh, I can see a case for both ways. It was after the ball was released, but the problem is, and people use this, I like, hate when they do this, they use like a still frame of it. Yes. Uh, yeah, it looked bad then, but that's really not fair. That's really... Uh, cherry picking the available evidence because you really got to watch it in real time to see when the defender um, started committing the hit. If he starts committing the hit before he throws the ball, a split second later he throws the ball, but the guy's already committed. So he's obviously going to get there after the ball is gone. And so it was borderline. I'm not going to say for sure one way or the other because it was that close. I'll tell you this, it was similar to the week before when Adam Big Hill he hit Dane Evans late. I thought that was a borderline hit. Oh, I that might have even been more of a late a, hit. Uh, that might have even been more of a late hit than this one. Yeah, but uh definitely. I, I like I said, I can see um both I can see um both ways uh arguments, but uh at the very least I would describe the hit as borderline. Hundred percent agree with you there. Okay, so anyhow, um, Edmonton Elks give Chris Jones a vote of confidence following the departure of President Victor. I, I don't know how they possibly can do this, but they did, and there's really not much to say about this one. I don't know. It's it's weird. Okay, and and the last article. Does anybody want to talk about that, Chris Jones? I, I don't think there's anything to say. I think he's done at the end of the year. I don't think he is. I do. They can't sell him coming back. The only way I, I, I'll ask you on, only on one condition the off season, there's a huge, huge push from the directors, from the board of governors, to change this management salary cap to exclude anybody who has been fired. Okay? They should do that. And and then you will not have things where teams have mutually agreed to part ways with this man. No, we fired his ass. Now now we don't have to pay him. Well, we have to pay him but it doesn't count against our management cap. 
That's the only way of doing that. That's the only way Chris Jones is gone, is if they change that rule. I don't think they will. Okay, the last article here is Hamilton unveils plans for the 2023. William, did you want to say anything about Chris Jones? So you're, you're kind of quiet in there. Well, you don't care? No, 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 no. They can't fire him because he's still got two years left on his contract. Yes, and they have to pay him for that time. What are what are they gonna do? Are they gonna hire a fucking high school coach for thirty grand? They like, have to. I know, so there's no way they can get rid of Chris Jones. As much no. as I think they should, but once again, I okay, let's face it. I would think that a guy like Chris Jones would get the benefit of the doubt as in Winnipeg, they gave Mike O'Shea the benefit of the doubt for like fucking five or six years. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing. So, and I think Chris Jones going into it has a lot more backup than Mike O'Shea ever did. So here, here's my take on this a little bit here. There's a, a, a side story that nobody's really grasping. Uh, Chris Jones is the general manager. Now, he was also the general manager when he was in Saskatchewan, but he was not the general manager when he won the Grey Cup in Edmonton. So he got promoted to the dual role in Saskatchewan. He broke a shitload of rules and got fined several times, I think four times in a week. That was under Jeffrey Orridge. And for hiding players in special houses and this, that, and everything else. But he built a successful team in Saskatchewan. He didn't get to coach it because he went to the NFL. But he left at training camp. Okay? That means that the team is already built. And that team went 13-5. and five. When he took over the team, they were 3-15. and 15. That, to me, is a successful turnaround as him as a general manager. But he had some good help as a general manager. In Edmonton, he's not finding the right players because he doesn't have help as a general manager. Because why? He's a general manager. Right. Now, why is he not getting successful finding players? He doesn't have time to do it because he's coaching. No, because... His team around him, his management team around him, is headed by G. Roy Simon. I have zero faith in his ability to be a manager. Zero. I have no, no, not zero. So Chris Jones is, is basically not got the support around him to find the players that he needs. That's my take on it. That's my opinion. And I could be totally off base on this and anything else, but I don't like Roy Simon. I don't like him as a person. I didn't like him as a player, and I don't like him as a general man or a, a manager, a, a vice assistant general manager, I guess the title is. Don't like him. I don't think he does a good job. I mean, if he did, he would still be in B.C., 
He's he's kind of BC royalty. Why wouldn't he be here? He's not very good at what he does. Okay. The last thing here is Hamilton unveils plans for the 2023 Grey Cup Festival. Who cares? Will, are you going to the Grey Cup in Hamilton this year? Yeah, I'm thinking that would be a no. Yeah. I was asked Charles if I was going, have, and I said no. Charles might have BC there. Right, Charles? Pro- unlikely. I'm waiting for next year when the, when the Grey Cup is here. I, 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 will, I think I'm going to go to the Grey Cup in Vancouver in 2024. I think we should all go. I think we should all have a big party. Uh, I, I think I agree. Good. My uh, brother what? was here. La- my brother was here last week, and he's actually in for that as well. Okay. So there you go. I think we should plan that. I'd, I'd love to get some really good seats, if not a box or a booth or up in somewhere, somewhere where we can act like important people. Have to talk to Arlene about that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, where are we going to go from here? Okay. I proposed something to you guys yesterday and, uh, we're going to look, we're going to look at it for a second here and I'm going to make this go away and make this go away. You proposed it today, Christopher. Was it today? I don't think so. I thought it was yesterday. Yeah. No, it was yesterday. It was was last night. Yes, it was. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was last night. Yep. And I said, I know this is short notice, so see if you can do something about it overnight. But I posted it on Let's Talk CFL, and I, I can't find it. Why is it so far down? Nobody's saying anything about it? Oh, my good Lord. Uh, the blindside story, that's kind of important. We may talk about that. Okay, so I want to play a game. And this is what it is. We got to figure out what the next, what's going to happen at the end of the season. Who is going to, what are the standings going to look like at the end of this year? And Charles, you put it, okay, here it is. We're now halfway through the season. The majority of teams have played nine games. What is the final standings going to look like? I've gone through and picked the winner of every game for the rest of the season, tallied up the final standings, and according to my predictions, nothing else, you should do the same. So let's see who's closest, who's out to lunch, and who's the downright ridiculous. The only way this works is in a fun and creative way is if no one no one's picks are criticized. Only positive comments. Let's see the final standings. So I put this on the Let's Talk CFL Facebook group, and I said we're going to talk about it on the podcast, and we're talking about it on the podcast. And I went through and I did my picks, and my picks looked like this. BC Lions are 16 and 2. Winnipeg is 15 and 3. Calgary is 9 and 9. Saskatchewan is 5 and 13. Edmonton is 4 and 14. 
Toronto is 15 and 3, Ottawa is 8 and 10, Montreal 7 11, Hamilton is 3 and 15. That basically means that only four teams made it to 500 football in my picking here. Only four out of nine, so less than half. Now, this is a very bold, bold uh, prediction saying that BC is going to be 16-2 and two because that basically means they're going to win every game for the rest of the year, and that probably isn't going to happen. But I look at the games, and I'm going, okay, well, BC's playing Edmonton. Who are you going to pick? BC's playing Ottawa. Who are you going to pick? Well, I'm going to pick BC every time because there's really nobody out there that can challenge them. There's only two games, one against Calgary and one against Winnipeg, which could go either way. But the way Calgary's playing, I don't think it will. And Winnipeg, honestly, BC slapped them around so well, so, so badly in the first, first game of the, uh, what, week three. And then Winnipeg slapped BC around, but Winnipeg was coming off a bye. BC was on a short week. They had their backup quarterback in. There was a whole pile of things that were the matter with that game for BC. <laughs> and Bomber fans think that it was this great starring victory, which it was. It was a W, just like Will says. All Ws count. But I think don't think that's going to happen quite the same way the next time they meet, which is going to be October 3rd. October 6th, sorry. Uh, so I honestly think BC's going to beat Winnipeg in BC. So why wouldn't they win out the rest of the games for 16-2? and Because they probably won't, but that's beside the point. Uh, I don't have Hamilton winning another game this season. I, Saskatchewan only wins one more game, and that is uh, against Hamilton because Hamilton's not going to win any games. And then I'm looking at Edmonton, and Edmonton plays Hamilton and wins. Winnipeg plays Ottawa. That's an iffy game. They may or may not win this one. Edmonton plays Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan doesn't have a quarterback. I've heard that's important, right? And uh, the other game is Edmonton plays Montreal. So I personally think Edmonton can beat Montreal. So I think Edmonton's going to end up 4-14. and winning four games in the rest of the season. I don't think they'll win any more. Might not even win that many, but that's my kind of prediction. Now, Charles, you got yours. Did you post them or you just put them in the, in our group? I just put them in the chat for right now. Okay. You put them in the chat. Um, do you want to, you want to talk about them? You got yep. BC at 15 uh, and yeah, I'm three. Pulling them up here. Who's going to beat us? Yeah. I said BC 15 and three. I had them losing their final regular season game. My theory on that against Calgary because I think Calgary still might be fighting for a playoff spot, and I think BC may have first place um, wrapped up by them, depending on how the, the rest of they go, especially if they go through and they beat Winnipeg on October 6th. I mean, it may be that they come down to the wire, but that was kind of my reasoning behind that. So I had them 15 and three. I had Winnipeg 13 and five, and I had them losing twice, once to BC and also once to Calgary in their last game of the season, almost for the same reason I had Calgary beating BC the week before. 
because it could be that Winnipeg doesn't really have much to play for, and Calgary does. I had Calgary, or, uh, Calgary third in the West at 7-11. Well, actually tied with Saskatchewan because I had them at 7-11. and And then I got Edmonton winning a couple of games, and I have them finishing at 2-16. and But Saskatchewan is currently at four wins. You, you yeah. have them at seven. Who are they going to beat? Uh, well, I, you know what? I think that they could potentially beat Calgary because neither one of those teams are great. I believe Saskatchewan has one more game against Edmonton. I think they'll beat Edmonton. And uh, there was another one, I think, against Hamilton or one of the Eastern teams that I thought they could potentially they beat. They definitely play Hamilton. Because that's Pardon the victory. I have them. They definitely play Hamilton. Yeah. That's who I picked. Them so that was the other one. That was the other one against Hamilton. Okay. And then you've yep. got Edmonton at two and sixteen. I've got so Edmonton only got twice. I, I've got them splitting the two, the Labor Day game and the week after because those games a lot of times I see them split, and neither of the Alberta teams are any scream in hell this year. So I actually see them splitting their two games in the around okay. Labor Day. Now you have Hamilton winning one more game this season. Who are they going to beat? Uh, I, be, I believe that they could beat Ottawa. I think Hamilton and Ottawa play twice more, and I, yeah. I kind of saw each one winning one. Who's their quarterback? I can't even remember, but I think at some point either Schlitz or I don't know what the status is of Bo Levi Mitchell because they've said nothing. But if Schlitz comes back and whatever, they could. What? Mitchell's gone for the season. Maybe. Okay, well, whichever. Uh, but if Schlitz comes back, that could give them at least a chance to win that one. Yeah, okay. William, what do you want to do? I know you did the, your picks and you left them on your desk at work. But uh, have you just quickly done them while we're doing this podcast here, or, or do you have anything? I, I, rem- I remember what I did. Okay. Tell us what you got. Right. So I got uh, Winnipeg at 15-3 and three to top out the, uh, yeah. the West. Um. <laughs> I've got BC at 13 and 5. So, so you've got BC and Winnipeg reverse to, to Charles's list. Okay. Basically, yes. I got Winnipeg or Calgary finishing at 10 and 8. Okay. I got Edmonton finishing at 6 and 12. Wow, that's even better than me. And I got Saskatchewan on the bottom at not winning another game tied with you five and thirteen. Like you said. Well, I have them five and thirteen because they're gonna beat Hamilton. Yeah, okay. So there you go. Um and then for the east I have uh, Toronto at fourteen and four. Okay. Um Ottawa at uh at uh nine and nine. nine. Uh, Montreal exactly and Hamilton exactly. As same as you. 
Okay. So now what I what I base that on is I still think BC is going to lose to uh, Winnipeg, and I think they're going to lose to Calgary, and <clears throat> one of the last ones I thought of and saw, and it's 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 just a guess. I think they're going to lose to Edmonton. Yeah, I thought about that. And, Edmonton and I, hasn't scored a point against the Lions in two games this year. Yeah, but I also <laughs> think it's the it's the end of the year, uh, Charles. Okay, well, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Okay, so that's that's where and I and I'm optimistic about Calgary. You know what? Calgary could be as bad as Edmonton. Okay, to be honest, because nothing. I don't know. I don't, once again, I don't know if I'm picking from my heart. I'm not picking from my head because if I pick from my head, I should say that Calgary's not going to beat. Well, they could beat some teams, but there's not a lot of teams. You don't know who's going to show up. You don't know. I know. You just don't know. So, and I mean, I'm giving. Or who's going to get injured or whatnot. Well, that's, that's the other thing. Who gets injured? Um, you know, how soon, I mean, with BC and Winnipeg, it's probably going to come right down to the wire, but if it doesn't, then those games mean nothing. And it's really hard to be motivated for those games. You know what I mean? And even... One of the one of the reasons I picked Calgary over BC one of these games is because is because what if Calgary is in third place and BC is in second place and Calgary's got to go to BC and it's one of the last games of the season that's going to be a hard fought game because you got to meet each other in the playoffs and once the playoffs happen you never know what's going to happen. Now BC only plays it's Calgary true. one more time. Yes, that's right. Yep. Okay. And that's week 20. Right. And then End BC, of the year. BC has a bye in week 21. Yeah. And Winnipeg and Calgary battle it out in the last game of the year. Yeah. And so, once again, Winnipeg and Calgary, that game's not going to mean a fucking thing. Maybe. And, I did and, pick Winnipeg to win it. Yeah, but if if I'm Winnipeg and BC's ahead of me at the end of the year, would I rather play football in Winnipeg or would I rather play football in BC? <laughs> A lot right? warmer. Correct. And the elements don't come into play there. It's just battle on battle. Yeah, I agree. And despite... And despite Winnipeg players being in Winnipeg, they, they're, they're not from Winnipeg, man. They're all from fucking Florida, for Christ's sake. So, sure. yeah. There's so many things that we, I know we keep in the back of our minds, but we can't really predict, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, Zach Caleros could be injured for the rest of the season. Where does that put Winnipeg Absolutely. season? On Drew Brown. Right. Right. Uh, according to Rudy, that would be a great thing. 
that might be the, the thing that they need, that, that Zach Caleros has now got finished and Drew Brown is it's now his team and Winnipeg's going to go on a roll now with the next generation. Right. Sure. And, and that could be possible. They, but he could also turn and, out to be and Jake like Mayer. I, like, I, like I mentioned last week, Rudy was drunk on the podcast last week. So <laughs> it's possible. I, 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 thought I, we, I thought we had a rule about that. Well, yeah, but I guess we didn't tell him. And I, I'm anticipating if, if if he's going, if he's in Calgary, he's going to the football game on Friday, and then I'm going to hear all about the shitty stadium in Calgary. It's like, yeah, okay. What can I say? Whatever. So, I mean, if you double BC and Winnipeg's wins and double their losses, uh, you're 14 and four. Uh-huh. If you project their scores out, their, their, their standings out for the rest of the season, they're both 14 and four teams. Uh-huh. And so, do, so is Toronto for all intents and purposes. They just don't have the extra loss because they've had two bye weeks. And, and Toronto's on their third bye week this week. Their third. Oh, no. How, how is that even some... remotely possible? Yeah, but the nice thing about that is they're going to have some injuries. You wait and see. Oh, yeah. And they're not going to be able to heal for the end of the season. And then, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's going to be the schedule's fault. But, you know, they've racked up a shitload of points, 268 points. They're second in the league compared to Winnipeg's 278. BC doesn't have a lot of points, which I'm really disappointed that they don't annihilate their teams more. But they've also got 153 points against them. That's 17 points a game. And they've had two games where they completely were blown out. You take those two games of 50 points to Toronto or Winnipeg and what, another 35 to, to Toronto, and shit, they've only let in 170 points. How's that even possible? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's like a four points a game average or something. It's ridiculous. There have been four. They've played nine games this year. Yeah. In four of them, the defense has not allowed a touchdown. I know. And it's I believe the in two others, they allowed Calgary. one touchdown. Well, one was against Calgary. Two were against Edmonton. Who yeah, was one was third. Against, or two against Edmonton, one against Winnipeg. Right. I can't believe that there was it wasn't anybody else. There's been there's been other teams that they've shut out of the end zone. Well, in the first game, two against Calgary, first game of the season, they allowed one touchdown. Right. And then they didn't do anything more. Then there were the, the then there were two, the then there were the two debacles against Toronto and Winnipeg, where they gave up quite a few touchdowns. Yeah. Then there was the game against Montreal. Where I think they gave up one, maybe two touchdowns. I don't remember the one here in BC. 
BC, Toronto, that was bad. Montreal was 19 points. That had to have been a touchdown because there's no way there's going to be yeah. field goals in that one. I think one. they got one touchdown and the rest were field goals. Saskatchewan only one got touchdown, nine four points. Field goals. That, wasn't, that wasn't a touchdown. That was there were no touchdowns goals. in that one. Week seven. There was actually, I think, uh, maybe it's five games this year. I think it's five. Five out of nine. Yeah, because the Saskatchewan won the two Edmonton shutouts. The first Calgary. game of the year against, well, no, that, that was one. Uh, the Winnipeg game, and then this last game, he goes, yeah, it is five. Five. So the, in more than half of their games, they have not allowed a touchdown. It's pretty, pretty good stat. Yeah, except for they're all under 500 teams. Yeah. You can't complain about Toronto only beating un- sub-500 teams when that's all BC has beaten. BC's only played two, two, te- two teams above 500, and they lost to both of them. Well, and they beat Winnipeg once, so they split with Winnipeg. I, I understand that. We're well, Toronto- like say they split against Toronto, but we don't get a chance to do that. Thank you, schedule makers, idiots. But, you know, it, Ottawa, uh, Toronto lost to Ottawa, and Winnipeg lost to – who did Winnipeg lose to? Or Winnipeg lost to Winnipeg Ottawa. Winnipeg also lost to Ottawa, and they lost to B.C. Right. But who did Toronto lose to? Calgary. Calgary, that's right. Huh. Okay. What else do you want to talk about, Will? We've got two minutes left in the show, and a minute and a half I'm going to use to shut it down. So say something and tell well, me this for the, the rumor, next 30 seconds. The rumor, in, the rumor in Calgary this week is that uh, it's legacy night on, Saturday, or on Friday night, and Jeff Garcia is coming back to Calgary, so they're going to sign him for the rest of the season. Yeah. And, and we might have a quarterback. So. Yeah. Can't be any worse than Jake Mears, man. Why don't you just bring back Marcus Crandall? I think he's retired. And he's already got a Jeff Garcia. Well, yeah, but Jeff's bored, I'm sure. Possibly. Okay. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 543. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. We talk football. We had fun. I had fun tonight. I really had a lot of fun talking with you guys. I I appreciate you being part of the podcast. Uh, you've been around for you guys have been around for a long time, and I, I greatly appreciate your your input. Um, Charles, you get to say good night. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, watch these weekend games, enjoy them, and we'll talk about them next Wednesday. And William, you know it's amazing how when the three of us get on the podcast together, how smooth everything goes. Anyways, good night, everybody. Go Stamps, go. Where are they going to go? I don't know, someplace down the wind road or something, I hope. Down, down the crazy river? I don't know. <laughs>